Love Talk Radio. to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way out of the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, 1921 massacre, and we want you guys to tune in. So if you need to tune in, all you need to go is to kbob899.com. That's our website. I heard a little beep or something like that take place. And anyway, uh, you can go there and uh, tune in, or you can go to Facebook Live, uh, Instagram, you name it, we are there. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. We got Miss Tiffany Crutcher in the house, and we're going to be bringing her aboard. So just, you know, stick around. And uh, you can dial that number, 646-716-5525. And hey, y'all, don't forget to press that one button. You got to press that one button right there. And we'll get you on the air with Tiffany and guests, you know, coming up. So uh, we want you to do that. Meanwhile, what's going on in Tulsa? Well, just here recently, uh, several days ago, uh, they buried our loved ones again, you know, out there at uh, Oakland Cemetery. Um, Here we go, without a proper burial, if you ask me. You know, um, the city does what it wants to do. And uh, we tell our stories our way over here, and I don't think it was right. I mean, it was was just broken, you know, that... uh, they locked all the black people outside the gate, telling you the truth, you know. And I saw a lot of whites on the inside of the gate. So uh, not trying to be any kind of way, but, hey, it was disheartening. It was uncalled for. And I think that uh, the city of Tulsa just do what they want to when it comes to African-American people. And that's what they do. Tiffany Crutcher is in the house. You know, we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back. With Miss Tiffany, so stick around. There's too many of you to try. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. War is not the answer For only love can 
How are we doing, lady? Hey, Bobby. I'm doing good. It's Monday. It's Monday. Let me do something right quick before we get started. Can you hear me better? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Perfect. I can hear you better. You know, we're not up on any kind of format or anything (laughs) over here. We just do what we do, you know, in the studio. Hey, welcome, lady. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, be back. back. It's, It's good to see you here in the studio. And you've been so busy. You're wow. a busy body, huh? I'm a busy body. I think that's the story of my life. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, well, let's go back. You're a native Tulsa. A native of Tulsa. Went to school Oklahoma. where? I mean, for those who don't know. For those who don't know, um, started at Emerson Elementary. Wow. <laughs> right there. Um adjacent to Black Wall Street, went to Carver Junior High, and Booger T. Washington High School. So I think Cla- I went class to class of what? Am I going class to of 1995, the okay. best class to ever go through oh, Booger T. Washington no, High School. No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. legacy there. My father yeah. went, my mother went, my yeah. aunts went, my grandparents went. Everybody went to Booger T. Nieces went, yeah, we are hornets through a, and through. That's a great mm-hmm. thing, you know. Uh, Booker T. Washington houses a lot of history, big time history, you know. So that's what's going on over there, Booker T. Washington High School. It's changed. It know. has changed. It's a whole nother school now. But I will say the tradition uh, runs deep. I just got a shout out from Coach Garrett McGee, <laughs> legend, mm-hmm. uh, who is now the quarterback's coach at uh, Florida. Gators. Okay. 
now, and he just wanted to let me know that uh, he's proud of, of the work uh, that I'm doing here in Tulsa and that uh, they have my back all over this country. So uh, shout out to all BTW Hornets and alumni. That's good. That's a good thing, you know, that they got your back. Because mm-hmm. it's so hard sometimes everybody don't always have our back. That's correct. You know, and we mm-hmm. need to uh, unify, come together, do things together like they did back at Black Wall Street. You know, that's the way it was. Well, they left us the blueprint, Bobby. They left us the blueprint and, uh, you know. We got the blueprint and we're standing on the shoulders of them Mm -hmm. because we couldn't be in the positions that we are right now if they hadn't sacrificed their lives and did what they did for us. Absolutely. You know, so I'm a firm believer that I talk about it all the time, you know, but we've just got to do it. You know, we got to do it. So with that being said and moving forward, you... Went off to college and became a doctor, huh? Yes, clinical doctorate in physical rehab. Opened up my own clinical practice, an outpatient uh, clinic in rural Alabama. It's always been my mission to serve. And, and you've been uh, serving, huh? Yeah, so I, I like to tell everybody I was a healthcare activist, an advocate uh, fighting for black people, fighting to close the, the disparity gaps as it related to access to healthcare and just quality healthcare. And um, that's all I've ever known. I, I get it honest from, from my parents, Reverend Joey and the late Leanna Crutcher, because all I ever mm-hmm. seen them do, do and you know, uh, is, is serve um, this community. So. And that's what they did. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. going to always shout out my parents. I know you. And that's a good thing. Cause your, your family's pretty tight. Yeah. You guys have been pretty tight for years. You know, I knew, uh, both of your brothers, yes, you know, yes. um, uh, years ago, and um, uh, Joey Jr. Mm-hmm. was a musician. Yes, and uh, you know he was one of a, the coldest. Ooh, he was a cold <laughs> man right there. Yeah, I hear I everybody. Mean, they tell that, me, yeah, that they boy Tony right Mason, there. They played right. together that he was a musical genius. He was. And, he and was. He was. Uh, I was. He. Me and Joey were getting ready to work on a project right before his passing. We had gotten together. He was living in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I was living in Houston. And we had just worked on a project here in Tulsa uh, called Tulsa We Funk, which was a collaboration of about 70 musicians here yeah. down at the Greenwood Culture Center. And I said, well, hey, man, I'm going to stay in touch with you, and we're going to work on some stuff because he was a keyboard playing fool. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, uh, it wasn't trained at all yeah, it was all, right. by he was ear. all by ear all he was, by ear played the he, bass he was really a drummer that's mm-hmm. where it started but you know we could yeah, i didn't a, know that it was yeah he was a drummer played the bass mm-hmm. keyboard did a lot of producing um but he got that from my mom and dad you know right. mom was a master pianist yes yes dad cold on on the uh, piano and organ oh, he wear organ yeah. Yeah, already know. <laughs> yeah 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 so you talented family I don't know why the music skipped over me. Now, yeah, I, you, didn't grab you, you know what? I did play the viola. You I was did? in the orchestra. Okay. I did okay. that, and I do play the piano a little bit by yeah, ear. You, yeah. you, you pity pad at the piano? Yeah, yeah, I still bit. do, but, uh-huh. you know, I'm just making music in other spaces yeah, right now. I got you, I got you, <laughs> I got you. Well, great family, Crutcher family, uh, been essential to our community as far as doing the work in the community and helping people in the community. You know, who you got with you? Wow, I have, man, I don't even know what to say about this young man, but he has been with the Terrence Crutcher Foundation as a policy fellow since October, so it's going on a year, 
And, you know, I, I don't want to sit with thunder. I want for Aurelius Miles Francisco just to just introduce yourself to Tulsa. How North you doing, Tulsa. man? How you doing, Bobby? What's hey, up? What's up? Welcome y'all? to the show. Thanks, Dr. Crutcher. Uh, my name is Aurelius Francisco. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm originally from the east side of Oklahoma City. Like Dr. Crutcher said, I started working here at the Crutcher Foundation back in October, um, but had been following the story of Terrence since, you know, 2016 and the foundation after that. Um, was really involved on campus at OU. I was just telling Dr. Crutcher, actually, the fro- first protest that I ever attended at OU was a die-in, uh, you know, following the murder of Terrence Crutcher mm-hmm. um, by Tulsa police officers. So, you know, have been sort of distantly connected to this story uh, for some years. So to sort of come full circle and now to be working for yeah. the legendary Dr. Crutcher and to be, you know, sort of continuing this legacy um, of Terrence's story um, it has been, you know, really remarkable. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, welcome. Glad you're here. Appreciate it. We're going to chop it up some more. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Dr. Crutcher, now, you went off to school, got your degree and all of that. We just talked about that. And you were you were living out of state. Living out of state. Montgomery, Alabama, to be exact. Montgomery, what was living down in Montgomery, Alabama like for you? A lot of culture. Um a lot of black people. Uh, I know it probably was. Montgomery is 65% African-American. So that was different for me being that in, in Tulsa, uh, you know, we're the, the minority, what, about 14% of the population. So to just go down to the South, it was definitely, uh, I don't want to say a culture shock, but there was a shift and uh, I enjoyed it and decided to stay and build a house and start my life and career and I got a call that I never thought I would have gotten um, in my lifetime that my twin brother was killed at the hands of a police officer. And So you were down there yeah, when was, that happened? I was down there when it happened and it totally altered my life drastically and it, it's never been the same and you know I was thrusted into this other fight you know the social justice space and decided to leave Montgomery because I felt like this fight needed me more. And I've been on the ground ever since uh, honoring my promise to my, my family, my brother, my community, that I wouldn't rest until I transformed policing, not just in the city of Tulsa, but um, this nation. And so you've seen me uh, on Capitol Hill. You've seen me in the White House. You've seen me at the State House. You've seen me at City Hall. You've seen me at every level of government advocating for not just parents, because what people don't understand is that I can't bring him back, but I have to fight like hell to make sure that Aurelius or your son or Terrence Jr. doesn't have his same fate. And um, that's what I've been doing. When that happened, uh, that's kind of a shockwave to the world who were able to witness that on camera. And uh, when we seen that, uh, her pulling out her gun and just, she's waited, she waited until she got some backup to do that, right? Right. And then when she got her backup, that's when she fired on him with his hands in the air. And then the helicopter above, talking about look at, look like a big bad dude. How do you feel about hearing those things and seeing those kind of stuff? Because it really got to me. You know, I felt so much unjust done at the hands of the 
the police department yeah. doing it. Yeah, you've gotten into a lot of arguments on your show yeah, uh, I have. Uh, about uh, my brother's killing. I mean, I remember you having the homicide detective that investigated the case right here and, and uh, the other sergeant, Sergeant Harper, here talking about that case. I remember calling into that show and it got a bit heated uh, because we saw what we saw on video. I- I'll be quite honest. I have yet to see Betty Shelby execute my brother because I can't bring myself um, to watch my brother being murdered. I've seen him lying on the ground. I've heard the, the police officers in the helicopter uh, say that he looked like a bad dude, too. Um, and I saw the police officers fleeing to the scene, a mob of, of, of white police officers. I saw all that, but I have yet to watch that video from beginning to end. I won't do it. Uh, I don't want to see that visual of my brother being executed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to go through a rigorous, uh, ugly trial and, and watch them just demonize and vilify and call him everything but a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've dealt with all of the ugly parts of of, of my brother's killing, and so I, I don't know, Aurelius, if, if you watched it, but maybe you can share how you felt, but I, I'm, I'm not going to do it, but well, it's been traumatizing I know, enough. I know during the trial, I was there, yeah, you them, were sitting on them benches in mm-hmm. there watching all of this depiction of a, a, a bad dude, you know, and mm-hmm. they, they were throwing it out there, and then when the verdict was read, you know, she, she's not guilty. I mean, it was like a dagger in your heart. You know, so we went up to, what, the eighth floor? It was the, the eighth, eighth floor, floor of the um, courthouse, courthouse, the VA's headquarters, where they allowed community and family. Mm-hmm. Um, certain people. Certain people. Mm-hmm. And the I DAs can, pretty mm-hmm. much shared with us. I came up in there, you know, and a district attorney was up in there, and and it was just so much pain from the family. There was so much pain and, you know, my eyes, I was shedding some tears myself, you know, because it was like one of my own just got, you know, murdered because that's what it was. It was outright to me, murder, you know, there's no other way to put it. Uh, City of Tulsa is always trying to hide behind murder. You know, they can kill Terrence Crutcher. They can kill descendants of mass graves, I mean, you know, uh, of mass graves and things like that and get away with this kind of behavior. They've been doing it for years. But when that happened, that was shockwaves out to our community and out to our people. And it's almost like what they're trying to do now to Julius Jones. Julius Jones. I was just getting ready to segue into that. Um, Julius Jones. Again, we can't bring Terrence back, but we have... A brother that we can save you know we we dealt with the the, the lynchings and the murders of, of the victims of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre we dealt with um, the murders of Eric Harris Joshua Barre Joshua Harvey um, Jeremy Lake Terrence Crutcher now we have a huge opportunity to make sure that another sister's brother doesn't get lynched doesn't get executed um, by this government, you know, and, and what people don't understand is that it's the people. We are the government. And so I'm declaring starting today that I don't want another ner- murder in my name because it doesn't add it, say, for the people, by the people. Mm-hmm. 
And so if the government is for the people, by the people, I don't want another murder in my name. And that's what I'm going to be screaming all the way until September the 13th when we have Julius Jones commutation hearing. This will be his second hearing. And they're going to vote to hopefully commute his sentence, and and that will go to the governor's desk. But what I want to do, I I have probably one of the most fierce and biggest advocates of of Julius Jones who's called in. And hopefully Julius's sister, Antoinette, my sister, is on on the line. And, And I want for them to share what they've been doing because they are the ones. You know, nobody can fight for your family like you can. But Cece let's see. Jones is, is on the line. I hope she's on. Yeah, let's see right quick. Uh, Cece, yes, are you there? Hello. Are you all? Can you all? Yes. Can you hear me? Hold on one second there. Let me get myself together okay. right here. Well, we can't hear you. Okay. okay. All right, Cece. Are you there? All right. I am. I am. Thank you all so much for having us. So, Cece, how Thank are you? you? Really, really well. Antoinette, are you there as well? Yes, ma'am. Good evening, Hi, my sister. Hey, um, Antoinette. Yes, my name is Reverend Cece Jones Davis, and I have Julius's sister, Antoinette uh, Jones, on the phone. And um, we're just grateful for the opportunity, every opportunity, any opportunity to talk about uh, Julius Jones, Antoinette's uh, dear brother. And so thank you all so much. Well, thank you. Hey, and, and thank you for coming on uh, the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way, not fabricated, not nothing. We just tell it like it is. And uh, Tiffany has told me about you guys, and we are in support of Julius, you know, uh, we are very much so. So thank you for coming on our platform, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Antoinette, how are you this evening? How are you feeling? Can I'm you hear me? I'm pretty good. I'm, okay. okay. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Yeah. I'm and, doing pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wanted for you all to come on. I wanted to invite you all on just to share because, you know, what better way uh, to tell this story than to hear from from his sister and to hear from uh, one of the top advocates that's been on the front lines for the last several years, really galvanizing uh, not just a local army, but a national army, uh, my soror, C.C. Jones. And so thank you all so much uh, for, for coming on. I made a promise that this last stretch that I'm going to be on the front lines every day um, mm-hmm. trying to prevent what happened to Terrence um, from happening because it was state-sanctioned violence, Right. Uh, I don't want that mm-hmm. to happen to Julius, and now we have to use every ounce of our being, every resource, every mm-hmm. platform um, to make sure that there's no murder in our names. And so, right. see, I'm going to start with you, and just, just tell us what you've been doing. Uh, talk to us about the timeline and what's happening right now, and um, and then we'll just kind of have a conversation so we can make people, especially the ones who don't know, about this case uh, aware so they can take action with us. So I'll turn it over to you. Okay. All right. Well, um, lots of folks will remember uh, that uh, Academy Award winning Viola Davis produced a documentary uh, for ABC in 2018 um, called The Last Defense. 
And I was living in Oklahoma. I had never heard of Julius Jones, uh, but I watched The Last Defense, and I was horrified uh, by what I had seen. But, you know, more than that, I was horrified that I had lived in Oklahoma for a a few years, and I had never heard anybody talking about him, you know. I had never heard his name before seeing this documentary. And so I was really compelled and fired up to – to do something. And so I got in touch with Julius's family, Antoinette and his mom, Madeline, and, and Mr. Anthony and his best friend, Jimmy Lawson. And um, from there, you know, they had been in the fight um, off and on through the years, you know, uh, with Julius for over 18 years at that point to, to try to get his story told. Um, thanks be to God that Viola Davis did tell his story. And then that really gave us some tools to then, you know, uh, catapult this this movement, this effort and initiative to bring awareness to Julius Jones. You know, for folks who who are unaware, Julius was 19 years old when he was uh, arrested, tried, and convicted for the murder of a white uh, business owner in Edmond, Oklahoma, which of course is a suburb of Oklahoma City. And, you know, this is a young man who had everything going for him. He was not perfect, but he had so much going for him. Uh, he graduated in the top 10% of his class. He was on a full academic scholarship to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, he just had hung out with the wrong crowd at the wrong time. And as a result, uh, got framed for a murder in 1999, and he has been uh, incarcerated and on death row ever since. And so our effort over the last few years have has been to amplify Julius's story. We've wanted everybody at, at the four corners of the earth to hear this man's name and to hear his story and to take some ownership of it because it could be anybody's, you know, it could be anybody's brother. Um, it could be any of us, you know, and, um, you know, I have to say that if it had not been for God, who I believe was then on our side, we never would have made it this far. I, I just, I believe that God's hand is on Julius. I believe that God's hand has been on this campaign. And uh, here we are uh, three years later at a really historic, pivotal moment uh, Oklahoma has never had a commutation hearing for a death row inmate, but Julius Jones has one on September 13th. And so, you know, we've got a lot of support, but we've got a lot of haters too, you know. Um, the, the DA, of course, is not thrilled um, that, and I think very surprised that Julius Jones has gotten this far, um, but the, his lawyers, Julius's lawyers are, are preparing rigorously for the hearing uh, on the 13th of September, and we are doing all that we can to further amplify him, um, to support the Jones family, and to to meet that day with with the same level of energy and passion that we started all of this from. Wow, wow, Antoinette, how how are you feeling? I know you and 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 Mom, Mom Madeline, you all went to visit him on his birthday. And what was that visit mm-hmm. like? How was Julius feeling um, that day? What did you say to him? Uh, he, we talked to mom for a very long time. He just lit up, like, um, right after they took the handcuffs off of him. And he 
sat down. We were just turning the corner. Well, I was just turning the corner, and I seen him. And then he seen Mom, and he just, like, lit up. Because it had been a minute before we had seen him. So um, he just lit up. He was very talkative, uh, always a jokester. So that's when you know he's feeling good is when he's able to joke. And he's always thinking of everybody else, you know, how are they doing, you know. And we tell him who we've seen and who all says hi. And um, he, he's, just, he's just been uh, feeling uplifted by the continuous support, uh, people continuing to write letters, even though they know he has issues with his hands. Um, it's, he's just been uplifted just with um, the letters that have been coming in that he's been telling me about too. So um, it's, it's good to see him and hear him, even though I can't touch him. It's just it's a blessing that God has uh, just sustained him and kept him from being killed uh, for 22 years. It's a it's a blessing that. Um, we're all able to function. We we all have our trust and hope in God. Without God, like Cece was saying, without God, I don't. I know I wouldn't have made it this far. I know his his case wouldn't have been recognized. He would have been another case, and they, they would have executed him. So I give all praise to God for connecting people, and it's, it's amazing the diverse group of people that are fighting for my brother's life. That's what that's what God's love is. It has no it has no I don't mean to say it has no color, but it's like every every group of, of people of human life coming together to fight for uh Julius, but it's also not a, it's not just about his life, but it's also about the injustices that are going on with young America, young American black men that are being swept up under the system, that are not being tended to, not having a proper defense, not not having um you know, a juror of their peers, our experience, counsel, uh, a lot of those things that as an American citizen we're supposed to have in the amendment. Let me uh, get off my soapbox. But no, thank you so much for having me on this show. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and I have to just acknowledge your mom. She's a strong woman. And I saw someone sent her some beautiful flowers. Talk about uh, those flowers and who sent those. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Miss uh, Kim Kardashian West sent uh, some flowers in honor of Jesus' birthday to uh, to Mama Jones, and it takes if you know Mama Jones, it takes a lot for her to shed one tear. So <laughs> I had already surprised her with a sleepover for her birthday, and uh, she she came home and just got blessed with those beautiful uh, flowers from the Wild Mother, and I, I appreciate uh, them so much some beautiful ladies with creative minds and, and they, they do a phenomenal job with uh bouquets. Yeah, shout out to Wild Mother in Oklahoma City though. They 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 put together yeah. probably one of the most beautiful flower arrangements for uh the community here in Tulsa during our closing ceremony honoring mm-hmm. the, the lives that were lost uh during the massacre on Memorial Day and they honored all of the survivors uh, with flowers, so I have to shout out Wild Mother mm-hmm. Creative Studios out of Oklahoma City. Just, just beautiful mm-hmm. uh, black-owned sisters uh, business, and and they're just beautiful inside and out. I, I had a question. Yes, My question is, how did Kim Kardashian find out about Julius? What happened? How did that come about? 
Well, um, you know, as Antoinette said, you know, Julius has some really fierce supporters. Uh, and there's a woman named Terry McCarthy that lives in Minnesota who saw Julius's story and, like a lot of us, would not let it go. And she started to tweet um, Kim Kardashian. She started, she some kind of way found out, found an address and wrote Kim Kardashian like 30 letters. And, and so eventually um, Kim Kardashian, you know, had her team look into Julius Jones and, and found out that this was a real thing, you know. And I'm sure they had a conversation with the Innocence Project in New York who had been involved in the producing of The Last Defense. And so um, that's, how, that's how the campaign connected to Kim Kardashian. It was through uh, a little white woman in Minnesota named T- Terry McCarthy. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. wow. That's, that's, that's um, really fantastic. As, as Antoinette said, just mm-hmm. to have uh, people from all over this nation and the Innocence Project, which I – I've done some work with them. We're actually on some of their their colleagues. We're on a coalition together where we're working on this policing bill, this George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. But, um, Cece, I would love for you, um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to shift over to Aurelius. Uh, Oklahoma City is his hometown, and he graduated from the University of Oklahoma. Just, you know, as a black male, uh, I believe it's scary walking outside in these streets not knowing if you're going to come home but but talk to us about some of the um statistics as it relates to 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 the death penalty and and you know how blacks are disproportionately sentenced Mm -hmm. and put on death row can you just share a little bit just for our audience yeah i mean you know the rates uh, of, of people who are put on the death penalty and who are eventually killed um, who are found to be innocent are stark. Um, and I think mm-hmm. the idea that people um, can be killed for um, a crime that cannot commit, regardless of your opinion or your thoughts on the death penalty writ large, um, but I think everyone can agree that for, for somebody to be killed for something that they simply did not do um, is a crime against humanity and is both morally wrong um, and legally corrupt. And so with Julius's case, um, the DA at the time, um, Bob Macy, you know, is, is well known in Oklahoma County um, and across the country for his, um, you know, his punitive nature and mm-hmm. sort of his, his overt um, penalization of black defendants, especially. Um, and so with Julius's case, um, and, you know, for black people in general uh, in this state, uh, the reality is that you can be, you know, convicted of, of something that you did not do, um, and the state will lock you mm-hmm. up and will potentially kill you for something that you did not do, right? And so I think for mm-hmm. us on the outside, what you were saying at the beginning, Dr. Crutcher, is we have to understand that even though this state um, and this country has never respected us as black people, uh, as full citizens, that we are full citizens, mm-hmm. and if the state of Oklahoma kills Julius Jones, that is that is us killing him. And yes. so it's it's incumbent on all of us to to speak up and to say something and to ensure that this doesn't happen. Right. And 
you know, in Oklahoma County right now, Bob Macy is no longer the DA there, but David Prater is. He's continuing this legacy that we've seen uh, with DAs in the state um, convicting people and criminalizing, over-criminalizing and surveilling black communities and young black people all across the county and the state. Um, and so these things that have happened to Julius, we have to understand, are happening to black people all across the state today. Yeah, and so, I mean, and wow. Dr. Tiffany, is it okay? Can I, can I interject there a couple more yes. things? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I was just feeling what, what, what Aurelius just said, and before you do, I just need our Facebook audience and our listening audience to pick up your phone and just just mm-hmm. just tweet out no murder in my name hashtag justice for Julius. Just just do that. No murder in my name uh, hashtag justice for Julius Jones. I just had to get that out because uh, I'm I'm really getting emotional and uh, we we have to keep screaming that to the top of our lungs. I'm sorry, Cece. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right, and I hope everybody will do that. You know, when we're talking about statistics, particularly in Oklahoma, you know, we really, we really all should be troubled. You know, uh, he spoke about Bob Macy. Bob Macy was responsible for putting something like 54. Um, Harvard University did a study on Bob Macy on all of the, the top um, deadliest prosecutors in the United States. And um, their finding was that Bob Macy was second in the United States, the second deadliest prosecutor. He put something like 54 people on death row um, during during his reign. And out of the 54, 33%. Um, of those death row cases were eventually overturned because of actual innocence or um, prosecutorial misconduct, 33%. That is huge, okay? Uh, When we're talking about the death penalty in Oklahoma specifically, Northwestern did a study that came out, I believe, in 2016 that says an African-American man is three times as likely to receive uh, a death sentence if the victim is white, all right? Mm-hmm. On, top, on top of that, when most people don't know, and I think should rattle all of our bones, is that 10 people have been exonerated from death row in Oklahoma um, well before Julius Jones. So that means that our state, in our name, have, has almost executed 10 people who should not have been on death row. Mm-hmm. Ten people. Now, there have been, according to Oklahoma uh, Innocence Project, there's been something like 36 uh, exonerations, so wrongful convictions in that state. That's a very high number when we're talking per capita, okay? So 36 people, 36 times the courts in Oklahoma have gotten it wrong. People have spent decades decades of their lives in prison for things that they did not do. And so, you know, we've got some very stark numbers. We're not just sitting here talking about, you know, making some stuff up. We've got some real stark numbers that we have to contend with when we're talking about Oklahoma, the criminal justice system, but particularly death row. And here's my stance, you know, um, if we are going to be a state, and I know the governor has really prided himself on the um, approximately 500 commutations um, that made 
you know, U.S. history a few, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And I think mm-hmm. all, I think that's wonderful. But if you're serious about criminal justice, you have to go to the deepest, darkest corner, which takes a lot of courage. You mm-hmm. have to go to death row. And what we are, what we are asking, and I think what Jewish's case does is shine a light on the, the tragedies, the issues of not having a proper defense when your life is on the line, uh, DAs who won't even turn over your files to your, your current attorney just because they don't feel like it when your life is on the line. I mean, so if, if we're going to do criminal justice reform in Oklahoma, let's do criminal justice reform, and let's make sure that that includes death row. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, just to quote out something one of my mentors and advisors has said time and time again, Brian Stevenson, uh, with the Equal Justice Initiative, he said it's not the the, the, the point or case that, that, that these people or humans deserve to die. The question is, do we deserve to kill? Mm-hmm. Do we deserve to kill? And, and that's why I have to keep screaming no murder in my name, especially with these statistics and, and I, I, my bones are rattled right now. Um, you know, with 33% of these, these uh, convictions being overturned and 10 people being exonerated. And, and we know that the system is flawed and especially for black people in, in, in this state and in this country. And, and Thurgood Marshall said at best, the system wasn't designed for us, but we have to make it work for us. And so, uh, again, for this to be the first commutation hearing for somebody on death row, it means that that people have been doing a lot of work. So, Cece, talk to me or, or Antoinette about the coalition that, that, that you've galvanized and put together. Who are some of the people uh, advocating uh, for Julius? So, I was just going to say that uh, C.C. Jones-Davis was the one that started the coalition, the Justice for Julius Coalition. Um, what I would say is it's, it's, uh, it's mixed up of mothers, um, siblings that that are fighting and trying to figure out how they're going to uh, fight and learn about how to fight for their uh, loved ones. It's, it's a mixture of, of even just children that know about mm-hmm. Julius' case, and they, uh, they'll – you know, make uh, letters or write uh, write little small notes to them from from their parents, and that, I mean that was touching right there too for kids to even point it out. Even when I was at the rec center, they pointed out uh, different things about Jesus' case on the last defense. Uh, that was the documentary on the last defense for ABC. But it's it's a mixture of like people from overseas, from the UK, people from Egypt, um, people from France. I mean, I, I'll let CC finish it, but it's it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a definite. It's like the world. It's like, yeah. the, and it's just the world just behind him and the yeah. six million plus that that signed on. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna let CC before I start getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me tell you, um, the the Julius Jones Coalition. You know, when I um, when I started to organize around this, I knew that we were going to need a fortified group of people who were going to be dedicated, you know, um, to this cause. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I knew that we would need, you know, we would need a, a legitimate group. And these folks 
or people like Terry McCarthy who wrote, um, you know, Kim Kardashian, 30 Letters. I, I need, we needed a place where we can all convene and be together on this. Right. And Antoinette is so right. And this is one of the beautiful things that has come out of this this tragedy. And I know many beautiful things will come out of it is that everybody's coming for Julius. This is this coalition is about building a human chain. You know, when when somebody is caught up in a current uh, out in the ocean, people from all over the beach will come and strangers will call, come and start linking arms, right, to get to that person and to pull them out. And this is like that. This is this coalition has been and is a human chain of all kinds of people coming for Julius. And that's one thing that's so inspiring to me. You know, black folks have come for Julius. White people have come. Uh, straight people, gay people, uh, men, women, children, older folks, um, preachers, folks with PhDs and folks with no degrees at all. I mean, people, the best of humanity uh, is coming for Julius Jones. And that has been uh, a beautiful um, reflection of what this, what this is. This has is, this is kind of ended up being, by accident, a social experiment of sorts, you know, completely by accident. Um, but to see how do people respond and what the coalition uh, has taught me is that, you know, there's more good in the world than evil and that good really does trump evil. Um, now, we got high-profile folks who might not necessarily consider themselves part of the coalition but who are supporters of Julius Jones, John Legend and Common, and, of course, Kim Kardashian, Scott Butnick, who's done uh, major, major things for us. He's the producer of the movie Just Mercy. Um, so, so, so much power, uh, rich folks and not-so-rich folks. It's, it's been incredible. Tiffany really has. Yeah, well, I will say you got us little old folks here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, too, and, and uh, we have uh, your back. You know, I can shout out James Olson. Uh, and his family mm-hmm. here at Tulsa. I can shout out Dr. Eric Gill and Dr. Sean Garrett and Jared and yes. and uh, you know Charles and Damali Wilson with the news you can use. They're shouting out Julius Jones uh, right here, uh, KBOB eighty nine point nine, and they're on their radio show every single Wednesday. And, of course, Amazing. you know, we started maybe a, a year or two ago before the pandemic. Right before the pandemic hit, we uh, galvanized over 200 people when Just Mercy came out uh, and, and mm-hmm. people from all over this city. And the centerpiece, it was all about Julius Jones, where we were able to advocate. You sent us uh, that beautiful picture uh, we were able to pass out cards for people to take action. We were able to talk about um, his case and watch that movie. And, and I think that uh, energized people. And, and we haven't stopped advocating, uh, even if it's in subtle ways, even if it's passing out cards. If you come to the Terrence Preston Foundation uh, in our office, you're going to see on my desk cards uh, that says Justice for Julius with his face and uh, on our stand, and so uh, we're going to lace this fight in with our fight. Uh, again, Terrence is gone, um, but we can save Julius, and so, you know, as we 
uh, approach the five-year anniversary of Terrence's murder, the goal is to stop another murder. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and so, again, we're, we're standing in solidarity um, uh, with, with you all. And uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma has your back. Please believe it. Well, I do believe it, and you know we have we have totally felt that love for you know um mm-hmm. something like this one one person can't lift something like this. This mm-hmm. takes a whole lot of people you know sharing each other's burdens this is This is not a a one person show uh, at all, and if we didn't have strong partners like uh the Terrence Crutcher Foundation. If you know, if there weren't people who who wouldn't say we're gonna we're gonna lean in and we're gonna stay here until something something moves and changes about this, you know, we would have been you know blown away by the breeze a long time ago. If there if we didn't have some really strong anchors in the community, and so thank you Tulsa, thank you Silver Tiffany, thank you so much all of you who are listening who you know, signed the petition, who visited the website, who went to the Just Mercy screening, you know, and took any other action, folks who have been praying, you know, any anything that you have done, we have really, really appreciated it because it, it takes everything. It takes everything just to move the needle a little bit. And so, uh, yeah, we can't say thank you enough. Absolutely. And, and my brothers in Oklahoma City, JB, and just Eddie and my sister Francie. Mm-hmm. I mean, now those are some real, real soldiers right there who who did that walk all the way to McAllister. I was actually supposed to join them. Uh, I'm not sure why I thought I could walk that far, but I, I would have been in the car. But uh, that's around the time I lost my mother. But I was able to um, just, uh, you know, cheer them on all the way to McAllister and. There was just so many people supporting, and it was just powerful. And and uh, we're going to be there on September 12th at, at the church service, and we're going to be there on September the 13th, uh, marching down there um, from the church to uh, maybe you can share more about what's going to take place uh, in the coming yeah. weeks and what we need to do yeah. uh, moving forward and the steps we need to take uh, as, as, as a state uh, and as a, a nation um, to make sure that we elevate uh, the awareness around uh, Julius Jones. So I'll give it back to you, Soror. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely want every Oklahoman to visit justiceforjulius.com and take the action step. We want you to send an e-letter from that website to the governor and to the partner parole board. We want you to sign the change.org petition. Uh, if you're able, we would love for you to donate to the campaign because everybody knows that a campaign requires money uh, and lots of resources to, to even do a little bit. Um, take the action steps. We would love for you to order a T-shirt, represent, you know, um, make sure that people know that you're standing with Julius when you're in the grocery store, when you're going to church, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then all of August we are working to really amplify uh, Julius and talk more, even more. We've, we've done so much of that over the last three years, but even more is, is critical because, you know, we're six weeks out, uh, literally as of today, we're six weeks out. Uh, so we want, um, you know, to be holding virtual events, in-person events. If you're a person or an organization in Tulsa, we want you to contact us through the website, justiceforjulius.com, if you want to hold an activity 
or hold an event in Tulsa around Justice for Julius. We would love to collaborate with individuals and organizations, faith-based, non-faith-based, um, whomever you are. We would love to do that. Um, so let's see. August the 30th through September 3rd, we're naming Julius Jones Week. Um, so if you follow all of Julius's uh, social media, it's at Julius, I'm sorry, at Justice for Julius on Instagram and Facebook, and that's for F-O-R, Justice for Julius. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter is Justice for Julius, the number four, Justice for Julius, the number four on Twitter. And there you're going to find a schedule eventually will be rolling out of activities. We hope that you guys can add some activities to that schedule. And then on September 12th, Minister Keith Jossell here in Oklahoma City is hosting um, a, a Jesus, Justice, and Julius worship service at 4 o'clock at Tabernacle Baptist Church where Pastor uh, Reverend Dr. Larry Crudup is the pastor there, 4 o'clock. We want people to come to that service from all over. The next day around 8 a.m., we're going to be holding a rally at Tabernacle Baptist on the northeast side, I believe it's 36th Street. Um, we're going to hold a rally, and then we're going to walk. Uh, down to the the uh, Kate Bernard uh, Correctional Facility where the hearing will take place and we're going to hold vigil. And so we want folks there on September 12th in person. Um, as long as everybody is safe, make sure you're wearing your mask and be social distancing. And we also want people to come back on the day of the 13th to rally with us, march with us, and hold vigil. Wow, Bobby. I mean, what oh, do you yeah, say? It is. What can I say about that? I mean, everybody, you heard it, you know, right here. You heard it. Let me ask you a question. How old is Julius? Antoinette, are you there? He is 31 years old as of uh, July the 25th. 25th, 41 years old. Wow, why so so young? He's been in prison since he was 19, so he's he's been on death row for over 22 years. What's his spirit like? Um, man, God, God has definitely called uh, called him to do to do what what uh, he's he's changing a lot of lives. I will say this: um, his his calmness, his uh, oh my goodness, his meditation, how uh, how he's able to hold up. With all this going on, with with being messed with, I, I'm not gonna go into details, but God definitely has him covered, totally covered. Uh, he's definitely gonna do God's will as soon as he gets out. If he's not doing it now, I will say he's definitely gonna be. God's definitely gonna be moving in him to to uh, take back our communities and uh, help with the youth. Definitely, mm-hmm. he's always had a, a heart to help with the youth. And uh, he definitely looks forward to working with uh, Dr. Tiffany Crusher. That's, that's all he talks about. If I go to the club, he's like, yeah, I'm Yeah, you're going to, when he gets out, you're going to hold him to it. I'm right? going to hold him to it. I, I we, just, we love I just, him, yeah. yeah. I just believe that they're not going to do this. I mean, they can't do this. I, I don't know why I'm feeling that way. But, you know, it's, man, he's an innocent man. Yeah. He's, he's an innocent yep. man. I would tell you that um, through through my walk with God, the more I the more I weep and I and I give God the praise when I'm by myself, 
the more God is doing. And it's it's all about getting rid of yourself and giving it all to God. And I don't mean to preach on here, but the more Comfort. I've gotten closer to God, the more he's been connecting. He's, he answered my, my birthday prayers a long time ago. People, people feel like uh, when you talk to God and you ask God for something, they feel like it's going to come right then. God knows what he's doing. Trust God. Mm-hmm. Trust God. Okay, that's that's good. Um, uh, how can someone again get in touch with you? You know, uh, the website address again. Yeah, so the website is justiceforjulius.com, justiceforjulius.com, and folks can contact us through the mm-hmm. website. And they can watch the last defense that I referred to earlier, and they can take action uh, steps. But, you know, um, we're, we're at the last leg, but it doesn't really matter. It still takes all of us. And we want people to, to, to break off a piece of this. You know, in, uh, in some churches when they serve communion, they serve it from one loaf of bread and people come and just kind of take a piece off. I want folks to take a piece of this and do your part, whatever that is, whatever you're inspired to do, take your piece and do something with it. Wow, and 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 Sora, Cece, you you gave out that website. I just want to make sure uh, that you you said justiceforjulius.com. Is it justiceforjuliusjones.com or both? Both, both. Mm-hmm. People can get to the website with Justice for Julius or Justice for Julius Jones. Perfect, perfect. Wow, um, I'm just so inspired. Um, and just happy right now because I know that victory is near and that mm-hmm. on September the 13th, we're going to be celebrating. I mean, I'm celebrating in advance uh, right now. We mm-hmm. just need other people to celebrate with us. And so uh, I've saw some people on my Facebook page uh, tweeting out and Facebooking, posting uh, no murder in my name and hashtagging justice for Julius Jones. And so uh, that's what you're going to see. Uh, all week for me this week, I'm just dedicating this week, you know, this week to Julius Jones just to make people yeah. uh, aware. And, and I'm hoping that uh, other people will join me um, this week. And we're going to push all the way uh, through my brother's birthday. I'm honoring my twin brother's birthday, our birthday. Uh, we're going to honor Julius Jones uh, on that day um, as we push to September 13th to that historic Hearing So I, I just appreciate you all uh, joining me um, today for this first yeah. hour uh, to, to, to share about Julius and his spirit. I, you know, every time I hear Antoinette talk about him or JB, it's always positive. And how do you remain positive uh, and, and exhume or exude so much light in such a grim and dark situation? And um, so mm-hmm. he's, given a lot of people a lot of hope you know and and so you know brian stevenson i have to keep saying it because he does this work he says hopelessness is the enemy of justice and so hope mm-hmm. is all we have and so uh i'm putting my hope in in christ um because he's the ultimate redeemer and we believe that our, our dear brother uh will be home so thank you to you ladies for what you You're do welcome. um and thank you. Uh, Oh, yeah. Thank you. And if you need to call in sometime, from time to time, don't feel free just to call in and talk about Julius. Okay. I mean, I'm open for any type of conversation about Julius Jones. 
Well, that's amazing. Thank you all so much for having me and Antoinette. We deeply appreciate it, and we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. I mean, what do you say after that? Every time I hear that, the age in which he was arrested and convicted and the age that he is now and just thinking about how much time he spent on Oklahoma's death row behind bars in a cage, you know, it, it really gets to me. And to hear his sister talk about it and, you know, I've heard his mom and obviously, you know, CeCe and so many amazing advocates speak on it. But I, I just think if that doesn't move you to action, if that doesn't move you, the, the fact that this man has been on death row longer and he's been free on the outside, I don't know what, what, what does. And, you know, I hope you pray that the pardon and parole board, you know, makes the right decision and sees this injustice and that the state of Oklahoma, you know, lends him the justice, long overdue justice after, you know, all these years of injustice. Absolutely. And, and I don't think when you're on death row that they even allow you to see the sunlight. They don't. They, you know, you don't even get, to, I mean, what does that do to someone's mm-hmm. mind? They won't even let you experience sunlight. Sunlight, right. But he's still yet so positive. Mm-hmm. And vibrant. And vibrant. And, and talking about the good he's going to do when he gets home. I mean, are we that? Punitive, where we won't even let someone that God created see and experience sunlight when we don't even know. We did not create the system. That's right. You know, I just said it. We didn't create the system. I just said it. I just said it. It wasn't created by us African American Mm -hmm. people for that type of torment Mm -hmm. to take place in our prison systems. You know, this man has been on death row, like he said, since 19. He's been in more than he's been out. Wow. You know, and uh, it's just, can you imagine how much mental anguish and thought process throughout the days of your life being in a cell like that? I, I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's no way. And I can't break down and cry right now as much as I want to because Julius is so positive and so we have to stay strong for him, but we have to dismantle this carceral state. Um, Oklahoma is, is, is the worst. Talk to us about. Yeah. No, oh, it's terrible. You know, I, I don't know if you want to take a break, but I mean, well, we, we I mean, have some more. You. We can we can take a break and a pause for the calls. Yeah. And, and you know, come back and uh, refresh ourselves. Yeah. You can, know, and uh, that that sort of thing right there. Uh, man. We can talk oh, about man. some of the work we're trying yeah. to do with the Terrence Crusher exactly. Foundation to, to dismantle right. uh, this, this punitive system and uh, look back over the last five years and let Let's everyone know what we've been Let's doing. Let's take a break. Let me uh, pay some bills right quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what we got to do. All right. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way, Dr. Crutcher in the house. So we'll be right back. So So stick around, okay? Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the WEN Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit TulsaTransit.org for more details. 
Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Cole with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet. Did you know that sickle cell disease affects people from all races and ethnicities? Sickle cell disease can look like you, and sickle cell disease can look like me. You can carry the sickle cell trait and never even know it. The state of Oklahoma and supporters of families with sickle cell disease incorporated are invested in educating Oklahomans about sickle cell disease and other inherited blood disorders and traits. For more information, visit us at www.oksickleinfo.org. North Star Security and Private Investigations provides over 35 years of experience to ensure your security and investigation needs are met. Our officers are fleet and state certified. If you are seeking employment, stop by our website at www.northstarsecurityandpi.com. For details on quotes and employment opportunities, call today at 918-248-6592. That's 918-248-6592. North Star Security and Private Investigation. How to order chicken wings. Number one, find a good wing spot. I know a wing spot, Max Wings. Number two, decide if you want a combo or if you want to order a la carte. Huh? What's that? Well, combos come with chicken, veggie sticks, fries, and a drink for a discounted price. A la carte means that you order each item separately. Ah, okay. Three, decide if you want bone-in, boneless, or cauliflower wings. And then determine the delicious flavor you want on your wings. I didn't even know cauliflower had wings. You learn something new every day. Have you been to Max Wings? Yep, yep, Max yep. Wings is located at 782 East Pine Street in Tulsa. We're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and on Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Come to Max Wings, home of the dry rub fry. Food on the Move and Warden Comprehensive Health Services presents the drive through COVID vaccination clinic happening May the 11th, 2021 from 4 to 7 p.m. The first 100 participants receive two-dose Moderna's or the one-dose Johnson & Johnson. If you want to skip the line, call now at 918-388-1990. Food on the Move every Tuesday on Greenwood. Let's go fresh, Tulsa. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. 
The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the grassroots economic development fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Ready for life beyond COVID-19, beyond boundaries. It's time to move beyond, connect beyond, celebrate beyond, live beyond. And the vaccine is our best shot at getting there. Get your free vaccine at vaccinate918.com today. Brought to you by the Tulsa Health Department. All right. Hey, we're back on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Hey, just want to let you know a couple of things. We are taking donations over here for the Juice Radio Show. We're trying to send them to New York sometime in October. We're going to fly them all out there, and they're going to be visiting some uh, uh, radio stations and various different uh, journalist spots up there in New York. We took them to Atlanta. We did that trip before. Now we're trying to take them to New York. You know, these young, youthful uh, uh, individuals. So you can cash app us. We got a couple of ways to do it at uh, Cash App Eaton Media Services, or you can go to PayPal dot, uh, dot me slash Bobby E, you know, something like that. And uh, or you can come by 1533 North Norfolk. We got a donation bucket right in here that we're trying to, you know, send our kids somewhere. We're trying to expose them to things that they don't never get a chance to be exposed to. You know, Tulsa uh, is not really what I call economically ready for black culture here. It's not a lot of stuff, you know, that we can do this African-American. So we got to go to where the action is. You know, sometimes we got to pop out, pull. You know, Tulsa is a place where you got to make it happen for yourself. You know, if you don't, you'll be just in the house drinking coffee, watching the prices right. You know, you'll be doing something like that. So you got to get involved. A lot of people are always asking me, what can they do? Well, you can volunteer. There's a lot of organizations here that you can volunteer for. You can volunteer for the, the Terrence Crusher Foundation. You can volunteer over here at Eat Media Services. We got a lot of things that we do over here at the radio stations. And, you know, some people don't don't realize that we're more than just a radio station talking on the air. I mean, we feed the homeless. We do things. We give out backpacks to people. Uh, we raise money for loved ones who can't bury their loved ones, trash community pickups, all, all kind of stuff we do over here with these youth and with our programs over here, uh, me and Ramal Brown, Trey, my son, Dean Finley, all of us get together and we just brainstorm and come up with all this stuff to empower our community. So if you're listening and you got a single parent, if there's a single parent mom out there, I want you guys to hear this real good. And you got a couple of boys and they're growing up on you, eight, nine, ten years old, and you don't know what to really do with them, bring them by here. We'll find something for them to do. I'll call a coach. You know, the coach of the football team, our 100 black men, I'll contact somebody that can mentor your boys, get them involved in some stuff, get them off those PlayStations and things like that all day. I call them babysitters. 
You know, that's just what they are. That's a bunch of babysitters. And so get them off of that stuff and get them involved. You know, the coach going to make them do some push-ups and stuff, you know. They're going to make them run some laps and, you know, put something in them that they've never had before. Because that's something that uh, we're lacking in today in our African-American community when it comes to our males is they don't have a lot of skill sets. You know, no more hammering, uh, uh, painting, plumbing, electrical. We don't do that anymore. You know, like our daddies used to make us do when I was coming up. I had to do that kind of work. And that's why I know how to do it right to this day. And I teach my son how to do it. You know, so we have to keep passing a lot of that stuff on down. And the ladies, hey, hey, get in the kitchen. <laughs> you Let's know. not start that conversation. Okay, we, that, that's not, another conversation. That's we another ain't going conversation there again. You know. For another day. Okay, another day. All right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, trying to bring some light. You know what I mean? And uh, we just had a, a heck of a discussion yeah. uh, about Julius and talking to his family members and people who are uh, involved and want to support. Tiffany, tell them again where they need to go for Julius. Justiceforjuliusjones.com. Um, you can go and, and, and donate, sign the petition because this fight for justice isn't free. Uh, we're on the home stretch. We are uh, on September 13th. He will have his commutation hearing, and we're praying that um, they vote to commute his sentence and uh, get him off death row. So that's justiceforjuliusjones.com. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, moving forward. <laughs> You've got some things going on. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Terrence Crutcher Foundation and what you got happening. Wow. Uh, Bobby, I know it's you, a lot. Can you believe that September 16th will be five years? And it went so by so fast. It went by so fast, and I feel like we're just getting warmed up. Um and we've been on the front lines every step of the way. As I mentioned at the outset of uh, of the show, uh, we've advocated at City Hall uh, for policy change. Uh, we've advocated, you know, at, at the State House with Representative Regina Goodwin. Uh, we, we did some interim studies last year uh, together, and uh, there was no appetite for the Oklahoma legislature to do anything around policing or criminal justice reform. And uh, just here recently, I've been at uh, the nation's capital with the families of George Floyd and Eric Garner and, and, and Brian, uh, uh, Botham John mm-hmm. trying to. How was that? Tell us a little bit about it. You know, because you did take a trip to the nation's capital yeah, and yeah, to I've the, been, the White House, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been a few with times survivors, with right? the survivors. Those were two separate trips, but, yeah. um, you know, we had a huge opportunity to pass uh, historic legislation, civil rights legislation, uh, with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which um, has a lot of language that I've been advocating for, uh, I would say, for the last three years before Breonna Taylor was killed, before George Floyd was killed. And I just believe if, if Congress would have acted uh, back then, George and Brianna would be alive because I, I, I remember, I reflect back on when the FBI and the DOJ flew from D.C. to Tulsa and we met in the U.S. Attorney's Office, Trent Shores, for the Northern District at the time, thinking that they were going to take action at the federal level against Betty Shelby. Uh, I had great expectancy in my heart and they gave 
my family that same letter saying that they weren't going to indict because of the way the laws are written. They're just too strict. Um, and, and they designed those laws that way. And they said it's next to impossible to prove what goes on in the officer's head. That's why you hear them say shooting after shooting, killing after killing, that I feared for my life. Or I thought he was reaching for something. Or I thought that the brush was a gun. Or I thought that the cell phone was a gun. Or I thought he w- or she was trying to run over me. Or I thought that 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 a Tatiana Jefferson uh, uh, was, was, was trying to shoot me. And she was just playing video games with her nephew. Or Botham John was in his own apartment eating ice cream. And she felt like he was a threat. They get away just based on their own perception. For sure. And, and and we've seen it time and time again where, where they de-escalate when the situation is different, when there's a, a, a white kid shooting up a church, i.e. Charleston, South Carolina, or the schools. They can go and apprehend these young white males who you know have shot up with AK assault rifles and take them without incident, and then take them to Burger King, or, or, or give them water. But you thought that someone black was a threat, and you feared for your life, and so uh, I asked the DOJ officials, well, what do I do now? How do I leave this office and go to my community and say nothing is going to be done when, when I have a community that's counting on us to get justice? And that's when they shared with me that it's going to take an act of Congress. And, and, and I said, that's what I'm going to do. And that's when I start going to the nation's capital, doing briefings before the Senate and before the House and, and, and meeting with lawmakers and meeting with the White House officials, meeting with, 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 with Vice President Kamala Harris, saying, hey, what are we going to do about this? Because we're in a how state of emergency. Me- how was that meeting with her? Uh, you know, it, it was it was good that they sat and they listened, but, you know, I asked her, what are we going to do about qualified immunity? What are we going to do about the use of force standard? And, you know, to be honest, she said the FOP is powerful. And, and this one, she was a candidate at the time. And I said, well, you're getting ready to be the vice president. And so we need for you all to do something and help us do something. And so uh, right now, uh, we're fearing that the bill is dying because the police agencies like they do are coming out. Uh, the sheriff's agencies are coming out against the bill, derailing the bill. And, and it's in the hands of Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, who is a Republican. And he has to pull over about 10 Republicans. I, I got some feelings about Tim Scott. I just think he's on the other side of black people. I, do, I just feel that way. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I, mean, but I just think he's on the other side of african-american people and he kind of fits the narrative of a lot of republicans because he is a republican right yeah he does what's politically and he does what's please so he's like excuse my french cooning <laughs> i'm just gonna say it i mean i can we tell our stories our way right <laughs> yep. so i mean he's like he's like cooning over there and i i'm just not with some of the things that he stands for in a certain way you know he could be i don't know but what i see and what i hear He's over there. Well, we've had some really tense and tough conversations with him, and we've stood very strong. And, of course, he's... How did you perceive him? Did you perceive him as 
I mean, just tell me, because I don't know. Well, the very first just, call, we felt that he uh, was a bit standoffish, and uh, the, cool, minute, cool, the yeah. minute we got on the call, uh, it was myself and the sister of both of them, John, and he came out of the gate saying the bill is dead. The bill is dead. You know, the Democrats don't want to do anything. And, uh, of course, we lit into him and said, no, what's dead is our brothers. Please don't ever say that the bill was dead. And this isn't politics as usual uh, for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not playing politics. We're tired uh, of, of negotiating with, with policymakers and politicians if we live or die. And so he changed his tune and, and, and he, he came down and he started to share um, that he's been discriminated against as a black man. He's been pulled over oh, a dozen times. And, and I said, and that's why it's so important that you get this bill across the finish line because you could be the next bad dude. You know, you could be the next George Floyd. These police officers don't care or even know that you're a senator or that you're a football player or a doctor or a lawyer. All they see is the color of your skin. And we've seen it over and over again. And and so we've been pushing him and we went back with the families. It was very emotional. Lindsey Graham uh, was in the room and, uh, you know, they acted like they had an appetite to get something done. And then I was just there last week and um, Tim Scott didn't meet with us, but he sent in one of his policy uh, um, people. But Cory Booker, Senator Booker, he did take the time. Representative Cory Bush, uh, we met with several members of the Congressional Black Caucus. And uh, it just seems like they've shifted to other issues like infrastructure and and voting and the filibuster, which are all very important issues, but there's nothing more important than the sanctity of life, than, than life. And so um, everybody is fighting for their issues, and I'm going to have to keep fighting um, to make sure that our people, black and brown people, aren't killed at the hands of people who we pay to serve and protect us. And so, uh, yeah, we've been really busy uh, advocating. Uh, so- let me also ask you to turn the corner a little bit. The survivors went, and you guys took them there, right? Yes. They went yes. Here. What was the outcome there when they got there? I seen a couple of clips and things like that. And how did they feel, and what did they think after going to the White House? You know about reparations and something being done because I don't feel like America has done them any justice. You know, I, I personally I don't. You know, no, nothing. I think that those are those three survivors. I don't think they've been done any kind of justice. I think anything that they've gotten has come from privately owned mm-hmm. organizations and yep. churches and things of that nature. Yeah, that's true. I will say just from a symbolic standpoint, it was powerful. But mm-hmm. remember, I think it was back in, was it 2005 or 2007, where a lot of survivors went to the Supreme Court and and they were fighting for reparations, Olivia Hooker and uh, Otis yeah. T. Clark and West Young, all mm-hmm. of those uh, late greats, and uh, they denied them and gave them a gold medallion, and it was symbolic, <laughs> and, and people rallied around them, but they got nothing. And, and here we are at the 100-year anniversary, yet again, with, with more survivors begging for justice, you know, um, and yet, nothing, but I, I will say that 
Um, I'll never forget the moment and that there is an appetite uh, with, with some of the, the Congressional Black Caucus members um, and the uh, Representative Barbara Lee, who's over appropriations, to try to map out a plan, a reparations plan for Tulsa. And uh, Representative Hank Johnson actually introduced uh, a, a bill uh, for Tulsa. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, um, but I'll, I'll let you know, mapping out a plan for, for for Tulsa and doing it, you know, at the federal level. And so um, I'm, I'm hopeful and Republicans on the other side. What could you say after listening to Centennials share their stories and testify and they acknowledged that what happened in Tulsa was bad? I mean, Jim Jordan. <laughs> You know, some of the those those irate Republicans, mm-hmm. they couldn't they didn't even ask a lot of questions. And so um, but to your point, nothing has been done by the very entities hey, well, I felt that, that anyway. are responsible um, for uh, what happened 100 years ago. And uh, now that the cameras are gone and uh, guess what? We're that's, still you fighting. Know, you know, Tiffany, that's what I said. When the centennial took place here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, May 31st, everybody was here. I'm talking about mm-hmm. you name it. All of these high-profile people from around the nation came to Tulsa, came to the Cultural Center, came to the festival, and it was real festive, and thousands of people were here, and bloop de bloop de bloop de bloop Now they're gone, but we're, we are still here dealing with this trauma and of what has happened to us in our community. And I think we suffer mentally in our community. That's why we're kind of like we are here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because we're still suffering from that trauma. But they're gone. President Biden came here and said a little speech. You know what I mean? And uh, to me, I just thought it was talk. I was there. Yeah, yeah, you you were there. You you let me in. And so I was able, thank you for letting me in. So, (laughs) you know, but, but, but. I just thought all of it, I talked to several of those high-profile people, and I was thinking that maybe somebody would say, well, look here, we're going to come back here, we're going to buy up this little land right here, and we're going to build a cleaners, and we're going to do this and, 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 and put some programs together for financial, because they can. You know, I was thinking maybe some of that at least would happen, at least one somebody would do that, but nothing has happened from all of those big dignitaries, just talking conversation. Now, you can call them. You can talk to them on the phone and stuff like that. I do sometimes. I talk to them. I'm not going to call no names, but big, high-profile people. But the act of talking and doing is two different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just two different things. Yeah, well, uh, we've been fighting before, and we're still fighting after uh, Demario Solomon Simmons, who's leading uh, what I would call a historic lawsuit uh, on behalf of, of the survivors, the descendants in the community, uh, was just in D.C. this past week, uh, continuing to fight, continuing to fight for Greenwood. And uh, uh, I'm just honored to be a part of that fight. And, and I'm a descendant of a survivor as well. Yeah, me too. So so this is near and dear Um to, to my heart, generational trauma uh, reverberates through my family's history. But I, I will say that we um, were there last week when they started uh, re um the remains from the mass graves. And I, 
Aurelius, what what were your thoughts? What was going through your head when we went and we found out and we stopped what we were doing? We had meetings. We canceled our morning meetings, and we felt like we needed to to be there. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the level of disrespect from the city of Tulsa to uh, the survivors uh, and the people who perished as a result of the race massacre and to the Greenwood community um, today who are still here today, that that level of disrespect was just on full display um, to have, you know, bulldozers uh, throwing dirt and, you know, into these graves with, um, you know, multiple caskets against the recommendation of the community oversight, um, you know, committee who specifically recommended that they hold off until um, all of the, the evidence is found to how many of these people were actually um, survivors or, or descendants of, of the race massacre. And so, you know, what it just goes to show, what you were just talking about, Bobby, is that the cameras are gone, the celebrities are gone, the president is gone, but Greenwood is still burning. Mm. Uh, the city of Tulsa, North Tulsans, black people in this city are still suffering from the generational trauma the generational repression, the generational violence um, done to them by the city of Tulsa, done to them by the Tulsa Police Department, done to them by the state of Oklahoma. Um, and so the reality is, is that so many of these harms that you know we talked about and that we remember occurred in 1921 are still happening today in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's deeply frustrating and deeply disappointing that the city of Tulsa continues to just plainly get it wrong. Yeah. And they are getting it wrong. They're always fighting against us. They remove signs off our streets, you know, the Black Lives Matter sign. Mm-hmm. They remove that, the bodies. It's always a constant struggle with the city of Tulsa when it comes to African-American people in our community. It's like, well, we're just going to do what we want to do now. I don't care. We don't care what they think yep. or what they feel. You know, when I was out there the other day, Tiffany, and we were all out, and we were on the other side of the fence. Think about it, the other side of the fence. And as we would look over, and I saw 13 big coffins and little bitty small children's coffins in mass graves. And I looked over there, and I said, oh, my God, look at this. But I saw an abundance of white people standing around holding hands and praying, or our ancestors, hmm. which we were on the other side of the fence, hollering and doing things and upset. They had the gate locked and things like that. It's the city of Tulsa that does, a, they do a lot of bad things to us. Mm-hmm. And it makes us angry and it gets us upset. You know, I was almost tempted to jump the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt yeah. like jumping the fence. I really did until y'all said, no, don't, don't, don't do that, Bobby. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't understand. I didn't care about the consequences, you know, of my behalf, because I'm feeling that those are our ancestors right. and we're standing on their shoulders. You know, I'm looking at these boxes and I'm saying, oh, my God. And that's not all that's out there. There's more. Mm-hmm. There's more. There's way more. more. They stopped digging a certain place and just stopped, especially during the centennial. It wasn't nothing going on with the investigating of those uh, mass graves. They stopped. Okay, shh. Be quiet. We're not going to do anything right now. But And the city of Tulsa continues to get it wrong, and they continue to miss opportunities. 
and, and to get it right, to get it right, and and they continue to ignore the voices of, of the oppressed and the people that's been impacted uh, by by an issue, and and you know, uh, one lady and and not mad at her because you know a lot of times this tone deafness um, said we we should thank the mayor for for doing this. No other mayor has has done that, and and, and I'm glad that he did. But why is it that we have to? Thank people for doing what 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 should be done. What should have been mor- done long time what, ago. What's morally just, right? You know what's 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 righteous. You know why should we pat and, and we've been through every era of oppression and we the respectability politics is what people expect from us and, and we're very forgiving. Um, as sometimes, sometimes too forgiving. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, and and um, I've I've gotten a lot of backlash mm-hmm. for for asking for peaceful protests when when Terrence was murdered. You know, I said respect the culture of my family because you know we we flow in love. You know, if we're gonna protest, let's do it peaceably. Let's let's you know let's rally cry, but there's no need uh for violence there's no need to 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 and the violence for burn down is, buildings is, and is anger yeah you know just trauma and people get in a and it would be justified corner. but right. we don't do it we don't do you know i don't believe in just tearing up and burning up your own stuff i don't i'm not an advocate for that but we're so angry and so upset and we there's so much pain that takes place that we act out a lot of times out of that behavior because of that pain and that anger and that oppression and stuff like that, that depression, you know what I mean, that we're up under here in this United States of America. Because when you look at the United States of America, where we as African-American people are only 13%, right? 13% is the David and Goliath fight, you know, and then when you look at they say 68% of our prison population are incarcerated across the United States are black men incarcerated. Mm-hmm. These are stats and statistics. So when we're in a city like Tulsa, Oklahoma, which they say is 400,000 people, and out of 400,000 people, 65,000 are African-American people. And you said it was like 13%, right? Yeah. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So in District 1... 30, you know, they say it's about 33,000 black people in District 1, and everybody else is spread it out in Bigsby, Broken Arrow, out in South Tulsa, Owasso. Yeah. Blacks mm-hmm. are, are put in those areas like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we as African Americans, when we feel like we get $2 past bus fare, you know, we think we didn't arrive. You know, and it's not that way. We're able to live next door to Mr. Gilmore now, you know what I mean, that we have arrived. Oh, man, hey, I'm over here, you know. And so that's where we start thinking in our own mind. There are black people here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who can make a difference in our community. Absolutely. But some of them just won't. They won't step out of their comfort zones, out of their big homes, won't contribute nothing back. And then there's a small amount what I call a frontline soldiers, you can name them just about. You can you, you know who's on the front lines trying to work. And that's what happens here in our community because of that trauma and that depression. And, and if I just could, you know, there's more than what we know. There's more uh, folks in our community that are doing good work. Um, you may not see it that's true. publicly. There's a lot of people behind the scenes working really hard and people do it in their own way. You know, everyone 
Some people do it, you know, uh, where you can see it on Facebook or Twitter or or Instagram or or they're they're in the media. But there's people with their head down, grinding for this community, and I and I know that because. Uh, you know, as we get ready to close, um, what we've been doing with the Terrence Crutcher Foundation um, uh, is a landscape assessment. We're getting ready to launch a report, and we were able to interview a lot of people in this community, and I didn't realize, and Ramal Brown was one of those individuals mm-hmm. uh, that we were able to interview and, and, and hear about the work that he's been doing with Juice Radio and uh, what you all have been doing, Dean Finley, with Not Forgotten Children. And, I mean, there's a lot of people really doing there are. great work, and we need to really learn how to, to elevate, undergird, acknowledge them, and embrace the small victories. And, and I just want for uh, Aurelius to share with you about this report we're going to release and, and uh, what we've assessed, who we've spoken to. it. And i got to give a shout-out to our new deputy director, if she's listening, Shada Brown. Uh, we're so glad to have her uh, on, on board. She's been with us a little bit uh, over three months now, and uh, she's just been slaying these giants. And so you'll you'll see more of Shada Brown, our new deputy director, and uh, we just brought on an executive assistant, uh, Fernande Galindo, and uh, we're in the process of bringing on a communications uh, director and a community engagement manager and we are growing exponentially uh, uh, at the Terrence Crutcher Foundation and people don't know they put us in a box but we are all over the place serving the community uh, wherever there's a community issue or crises we believe that it requires a a community response and you may see the Terrence Crutcher Foundation we were out in District 7 uh, when uh, the crisis happened is it this the shadow mountain apartment Yeah. yeah helping uh, our neighbors move out. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're everywhere. We were on the front lines feeding folks. I believe you know, you. When, yeah. when the pandemic hit, and, and mm-hmm. I have to put out this disclaimer, get vaccinated, Please get vaccinated, get vaccinated. get vaccinated. The age group of individuals in the mm. hospital right now are uh, age 14 to, 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 to 40. Uh, young folks are filling up these hospital rooms. Young folks are dying you know, go ahead and get vaccinated. I lost my mother in January to COVID-19, and she couldn't get her vaccine because they hadn't rolled out yet. Mm-hmm. They hadn't rolled out yet. And so I am pleading with our community, uh, the community, black folks who are disproportionately mm-hmm. impacted by this lethal, this deadly virus, and, and, and to, to go and get, get vaccinated. You can go and just walk in, and they will give you uh, the COVID vaccine. It will save your life, and, and we have to realize that as vaccinated individuals, people who are vaccinated, that we can still spread it to our children to be That's babies. True. And so it's time. But your to, chances is not as great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we, we're spreading it. And mm-hmm. so, but, you know, we can kind of defend ourselves from it because we have the vaccine and the antibodies built up. But I want to get back to, to, um, you know, the work we're doing in the community because there are a lot of great people doing great things, but shout out to the new team that's coming on to the Terrence Crutcher well, Foundation. But, yeah. So, I mean, the report that Dr. Crutcher is talking about uh, that we'll be releasing uh, here in the next month or so is um, a comprehensive landscape that we did here in the city of Tulsa um, with a, a focus on, uh, you know, black and brown communities, North Tulsa especially. Um, and it's it's called... Um, a generational vision for justice and liberation 
uh, in Tulsa. Um, and it, it takes us through the history of the city of Tulsa, the history of Oklahoma City and Norman in the state of Oklahoma, its history with systemic and institutionalized racism, um, its history um, with the, the criminal legal system and how we got to this place um, today of a, the incarceration crisis that we see. Um, but it also looks at the ways uh, that we can uh, dismantle those systems and build up the systems and institutions that actually serve us and serve our communities. Um, and it is driven by the vehicle of community-based uh, and community-centered work, um, really driven by the work of organizing and relationship building uh, within, our, within our city and within our state um, and drawing those connections and really building a hub and spokes model where people working in a number of different fields, whether it be education or immigration or policing reform or uh, abolish a death penalty or what have you, um, are coming together to, to move forward this larger vision uh, of liberation for, for black and brown people. Mm -hmm. And the Terrence Crutcher Foundation, building on the work that Dr. Crutcher uh, and the Crutcher family and um, you know some amazing advocates here in Tulsa have been doing for years since um, the execution of Terrence, um, building on that work to really build up an organizing apparatus here in Tulsa that really um, sees the community doing the work for the community um, and no longer looking to power structures, the outside interests uh, to come in and save the day, but really building on the legacy of, of Black Wall Street and doing it for ourselves, um, and increasing the, the economic uh, aspects of our community um, and advocating for ourselves and responding to harm and violence in our communities, uh, disrupting that violence, right, and lessening that violence and pouring services mm -hmm. and resources in our, into our community. Um, and so this generational vision uh, that is laid out in this report, but it's really more about the action and the work that we do at the Terrence Crutcher Foundation and well beyond the Crutcher Foundation uh, really is, you know, that movement work, that movement building that, that we need in Tulsa to get past all of these harms that we're talking about uh, that the city of Tulsa does to North Tulsa, that the state of Oklahoma does to its black residents. Wow. I couldn't have said it any better than man, that. you said it, man. <laughs> yeah. see, that's what I like about youth educated, intelligent youth, yes. you know, they can express it in a way and say it in a way to where they can reach their peers mm -hmm. and reach some of us elders, mm -hmm. you know, who can accept the truth, you know, when you put it like that, you know, so I commend you, man, to continue on working with the Terrence Fletcher Foundation, and you got all these youth, so you got young people, mm -hmm. that's what I try to do, I try to have young people over here that can help us and educate us and get us to where it needs to go. I remember just a little 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 thing off kilter. Uh, I had a, a Android phone. <laughs> You're right. And I'd come in here with my Android. You got an Android phone? Too? I do. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> well, the, juice, the Juice Radio Show used to get on my case. Uh -huh. I mean, when I come in with my Android. Oh, Mister Eden, you got an Android. Oh man, why would you gonna get an iPhone? I say, I ain't going to get it. I haven't had an uh, Android Samsung forever. You know what I mean? I am not going to change. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, my son said, Daddy, you need to get you an iPhone. He said, well, the kind of stuff are you doing? So I went out and got one. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a whole different world for me. But I'm not knocking Android phones. Yeah. I'm just saying, for me, it was a whole nother world. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But that's by talking to the youth mm -hmm. and getting informed and getting educated about some things that some of us elders don't do. Because, see, I'm a grandpa. 
yeah. right now. You know, I'm a grandfather, and uh, I try to listen to young people and find out where they're at because sometimes you guys get a bad name. You know what I mean? They think everybody, all the women is the Cardi B and all the guys is the Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? And it was mentality, but it's not like that. It's not like that at all. So I commend you, man, for uh, working with Dr. Crutcher here, Mm -hmm. you know, getting some guidance. Because she knows. Oh, yeah. She knows what's going on. It ain't like she's uh, just getting started, no spring chicken in this arena. You know, in this arena, she's been around for a lot. A long time, know a lot of people, mm-hmm. and can make a difference in your life. Yeah, you know. So uh, already has. my uh, uh, assessment would be to just listen and take heed mm-hmm. and, and share. Yeah. Well, know. I'm learning so much from 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 the the younger generation and from Aurelius and the team that 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 we're building. Uh, it's diverse and um, it's just a blessing because um, the Bible says that the God that God calls the young and that he calls the old to pave the way and so we need their energy mm-hmm. and they need our wisdom yeah and you know uh jamal dyer told me that mm-hmm. i've been using it ever since yeah, yeah. it's yeah. biblical it, yeah, it's it biblical. really really is right right um because the young they're so strong and uh, we we can learn from from each other the minute we stop growing we're dying we're dying and so we have to be lifelong learners and we can learn from any one and from any situation, no matter how young uh, or old. And so I'm just grateful for, for this work that we're doing around community, community safety, community uh, accountability. Uh, what he just simply said is what Richard Baxter, Negro Spiritual, always says. <laughs> we got to take care of us. Yeah, he said all the yeah, time. He, yeah, just, he, he was over here today. Yeah, we got to yeah, take, care of, take us, care of us. But we have to, to, to create a master plan and figure out what that looks like. And we have to start working together because we're so siloed. And so if we, 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 we activate this hub and spokes model where we can all kind of go together, yeah. you know, because if we connect to each other, once the car starts going, we're going together, the hub and spokes model. And uh, But, again, we have to detox ego. You know, uh, there and, you go right and, there, and, and, detox and, ego. And so we're, we're working with a, a lot of people. We're meeting with a lot of people. We're learning from a lot of people what, you know, we're trying to figure out what everyone is doing. When, you know, I got that, that, that grant from, uh, I think it was Black Voices for Black Justice. Mm-hmm. I said community work is not done alone, mm-hmm. you know, and so my, my – goal was to pay it forward and and you know i shared that with mm-hmm. 10 organizations and yeah which is a good thing to be able yeah, to do yeah i mean somebody gave it to, to me and so, so I'm you gonna, shared it yeah, yeah i could have kept, kept it, it you kept know it for yourself yeah but, but you we we have to continue to do that yeah, and you and, helped us over here too so, yeah you know. yeah yeah and so yeah. you know just in the next few weeks you know we're coming up on the five-year anniversary uh we're hoping that we're going to get the DOJ to reopen Terrence's case. That's what we're working on right now, uh, a huge letter. And so hopefully that's what the anniversary will be about. Uh, we're also, um, you know, going to be celebrating our birthday in, in, on the 16th. And so on August 14th, we're partnering because collaboration is key yeah. with the Tulsa Dream Center, mm-hmm. the Black Economic Expo, and we're doing a back-to-school bash mm-hmm. uh, at the Dream Center. We right. know that uh, New Life uh, Church is doing a back-to-school bash at, at Booger T. 
Washington yeah. High School. We know that Ebony Easley with with, with, mm-hmm. with Tulsa Art Forum is doing her, her art uh, expo and festival. We're excited about her and what she's doing with her new nonprofit. Uh, there are so many people doing great work in the uh, around this community. Yeah. And so there's more people um, than what you just see um, working. They just have a different way and a different style you know, you know, of doing it. And so one, I want to acknowledge that. You all know, of those people who I, are working. I'm, I'm going to go back in time to the Civil Rights Movement. The Civil Rights Movement had Dr. King, all right, Malcolm X, SCLC, NAACP, the Black Panthers, and CORE, and organizations like that. They were all different, but they were fighting for one common cause. Mm-hmm. That was equal justice for black people. Mm-hmm. And even though they were, the approaches were different and, you know, theological stuff was happening, it was for one common, common cause. And today, we may have a lot of different organizations but we're all fighting for the That's same right. same common cause. That's yep. right. We just want equal justice and reparations for us and our people mm-hmm. because we built this country mm-hmm. on the backs of us, the White House, the Capitol, That's correct. all of that. We built it. Yep. Nobody, mm-hmm. no, no other race did it but us. We built this country. And when the Constitution was written, it was written without us in mind mm-hmm. at all. So the laws of the land, we didn't. We just have to adhere to whatever they wrote, and so we have to do some policy changing. Mm-hmm. And it starts at the local le- level rather than the presidency and all of that. It's more important to get out and vote on, vote on the local level. Don't wait till well. I'm gonna wait till the president election come up. Yeah. Get out there and vote in our people, and understand what you're voting for. You know, don't just vote on somebody because of their name. Just for just because you know John, Mary, Sue, or so-and-so, they're running for office, you're just going to vote for them. Study what their positions are. A city council member, what, what does that entail? A, a, a state representative, what does that entail? A, state, a senator, what does it entail? What are those job descriptions and what can I do to hold those people that we elect accountable? You know, for what we do, pick up the phone and call, you know, and, you know, don't just elect people and sit back and talk about them. Or, they ain't doing this, but they ain't doing that. And you don't know what they're doing because you're not getting involved. Right. That's right. You're uh, not getting involved to know what they're doing. You know, there's a grocery store right up here. Mm-hmm. Oasis Fresh Market. Our city council lady, along with Rose Washington, the TEDC, got together, and they put a plan together to help get this grocery store. We got one now, but we need some more. Mm -hmm. We need some more besides just that one. We need. I remember a time coming up with your your dad and your mom. In my generation, we had three, four, five grocery stores. I remember over right here. I know you probably remember too. Mm -hmm. Right over here, we had so much economic development in North Tulsa that we didn't have to go outside for nothing. We had 15 nice spots and mm-hmm. entertainment places and restaurants we could eat at and places we could just go in our community. You know, and man, when I came back here five and a half years ago, I moved back to Tulsa. 
after popping in and out of here from time to time. And I actually said, well, I'm here now, Bobby. You're living here. Wow. Look at what has happened. Look at the devastation. Look at all these empty lots. Oh, Mr. John, Ms. Johnson used to live there, but it's empty lots. Mm-hmm. Mr. So-and-so, all of this. But now people are seeing the diamond in the rough over here. Mm-hmm. They're starting to say, whoa, North Tulsa, let's go move over here. But we're seeing gentrification That's take correct. place, you know, over here. And we're not buying up this land and building these houses. We've got white developers who come in driving their big old pickup trucks, and they drive through our neighborhood because I see them all the time. Some of them even stop by here. Who got that lot across the street? Who got so-and-so? They will go to the city of Tulsa Mm -hmm. and buy that land in auction for pennies on the dollar, and what they'll do is they'll get a Hispanic crew to build the homes for you if you qualify for a house. And that's going on and on and on and on. You'll get a house, but, you know, it's been put together by a white developer. He'll find out some funding for you through one of his funding organizations and qualify you for that home. So we got a lot of that going on. I see it all the time. So you guys get out and buy up our property. You know, uh, we got some situations. uh, I'm up under a situation right now about this property. So, you know. Hold on to it, Bobby. Uh, well, that's. It, hold on to it. It ain't up to me mm-hmm. to hold. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the powers that be. When you got seniors, your dad and your uncle and them, is do what they. I'm the groundskeeper. That's what I am. I can't make no major decisions about this property right here. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying something. So let me get off well, of that. Well, shout out to, to, to our chair lady. Councilor Vanessa Hall Harper, District One, and shout out Vanessa Rose Washington, and you know I know we're coming down. Uh, I heard Rose, the, Rose just got married. Didn't you? Yeah, congratulations, congratulations. Rose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're we're excited for her. Congratulations, and um, just doing great things to see Black women uh, really leading the way. I mean, it is what it is, and so um, you know we are continuing to grow a lot of great things coming down the pipeline with our our, our uh, program initiatives uh, there's just so many I would advise that people go uh, to our website we're doing a major overhaul in the next few weeks it will look totally different uh, as Aurelia said we're going to be launching uh, a comprehensive report um, that we believe will be very helpful um, for our community and uh, also, our national partners, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, just released a report. Uh, remember when we had all of those public hearings, those equality indicators meetings, uh, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund was on ground, and uh, they did a report on Tulsa and actually sent over some recommendations based on what they heard from those meetings. And so we're meeting with the city councilors, and we're going to continue you know, our, our mission hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Our mission has not changed. Uh, again, it's about creating communities that are free from systemic racism that allow people to live in a just and liberated nation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we have to continue to fight for. Uh, and we're just grateful to all of our national partners, our local community partners, because we wouldn't be here uh, without that passion, dedication, and, and determination. And, and uh our policy fellow here, Aurelius, 
he is coming to the end of his fellowship, getting ready to go to grad school in Chicago. And so I want for him to just kind of have the last word and, and share with, with Tulsa what his experience has been working with, with the Terrence Crutcher Foundation. I mean, I'm just grateful for you and, 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 and all the value that you've added um, to our organization over the last um, year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're blessed and we're going to stay in touch. And we hope that when you graduate, <laughs> you come back and, and, and that you come and, and work with us. Absolutely. And, and help us continue to transform the state of Oklahoma. So I'm going to yeah. let you have some of the last words, and we'll give it back to Bobby. Bobby, thank you always for giving oh, us yeah. a voice. Oh, yeah. What Absolutely. you got, man? Well, I, you know, it's, it's been a real honor, uh, you know, working with you, Dr. Crutcher, and working with the Crutcher Foundation and working with this community here in, in Tulsa, um, you know, being from Oklahoma City, um, and, you know, just really seeing the ways that, uh, this community works together and um, against all odds, you know, as black people do all across this country and as I've seen in Oklahoma City and now here in Tulsa, um, against all odds, uh, mm-hmm. continuing to push forward and to fight and to be a voice for change. And Dr. Crutcher, you know, you've really led that charge, um, you know, for the you know five plus years. Um, but there are so many people in this community, you know, doing that work. Um, and who are ready to engage and just need an avenue to engage. Yeah. And so, you know, I look forward, you know, even from a distance to, to looking back and seeing uh, the momentum um, and the growth um, that we've built here in Tulsa yeah. and at the Crutcher Foundation, uh, you know, really blossoming into a strong, strong uh, movement for, for, for liberation for black people, for brown people, for queer and trans people, uh, here in Tulsa and across the state of Oklahoma and eventually, you know, across the country uh, and world. And so, you know, it's it's going to be amazing to to continue to see the work that we do mm-hmm. um, and to, to understand that we have what we need in our community to keep us safe, to keep us whole. Um, and, you know, Mariam Kaba talks about there won't be a day of freedom that we don't create, that wow. we don't build, that we don't uh, work for. And so, you know, for all of us, it's, we got to continue fighting, continue pushing, and understanding that uh, we do this ourselves, and we are going to build that world that we want to see. And so, uh, you know, I see, you know, the roots uh, and, yes. and the seeds of that happening already here in Tulsa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, before you leave, we need some information, the website, phone numbers, contact information. So can you give it to us? Absolutely, yeah. You can, uh, you know, check us out on Facebook, Terrence Crutcher Foundation, Terrence with one R, um, and then also our website, www.terrencecrutcherfoundation.org. Like Dr. Crutcher said, the stamp website soon, um, but still you can get some information right now on our website. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're located, people don't know, oh, yeah. uh, inside of the Greenwood Cultural Center. Yeah. Uh, we are located there. You can come by, grab a T-shirt, uh, learn about our story, um, and uh, just hang out, you know, get to know the team and, 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 and get involved. Come and volunteer. Uh, we are definitely um, just excited about what's ready to happen uh, in our community with all of our community partners. I believe that there's an appetite and people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, we just want to be free. Yeah. We just want to be free. Just want to be free. Mm-hmm. What a way to go. Well, I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your busy, 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 <laughs> busy schedule to 
come over here to uh, KBOB 89.9 FM where we tell our stories our way, and that's what we do over here. You know, I always believe that if you're out there in the public eye, you should let black media know first. Mm. You know, come and run over, call my phone call or something. Let us know before you run over to that other media service, you know, and let them know so we can put out our information our, to our community. So we want you. Thank you, Tiffany. Hey, it's been Bobby. a pleasure. It's been great. The Always. show is recorded. Always. You know, so you can right. go back and look at it and listen to it and all that kind of story and share it, yeah. you know, on your platforms and things as well. And you're welcome to come over here anytime. Okay? Well, we appreciate you, Bobby, and just all of the shows that you've given opportunities to to share their voices. Uh, it's just simply amazing. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Bobby. Okay, thank you. Hey, you've been on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way, and that's here at 1533 North Norfolk. We are taking donations over here, so if you find it in your heart to, uh, you know, pull some kibbles and bits out or something like that to help us over here, you know, feel free to do do so. 1533 North Norfolk, Eaton Media Services, Cash App, uh, we're raising money, Juice Radio Show, you name it, we're trying to do it. And stop by your local community radio uh, station, you know, if you just want to check it out and stuff like that. We welcome you with all open arms, and we want you to participate. If you need to volunteer and you want to volunteer, we can send you somewhere to go volunteer. That's that's something I know we can do. All right, till the next time. Stay black.
Yeah. 